Hello everybody, and welcome back to the third episode of Tales of Music, or History of Music, depending on what platform you're using. So, my name is Sludge Gates, and today we are going to be learning about the music genre, rock. Now, the one we're going to be focusing on today, because there is tons and tons of, you know, rock, uh, different varieties of rock. So, the one we're going to be focusing on is alternate rock. First, let's talk about rock uh, genre, what it is. Like, you know, the origin of it. Because we can't just start learning about the songs if we don't know about the genre. So, rock music is a popular genre of music that originated with rock and roll in the 1940s and 1950s. But, it encompasses a wide range of musical styles today. Rock and roll started drawing inspiration from blues, folk, and country music in the middle of the 20th century, for example. What began as rock and roll in the 1940s and 1950s came from boogie woogie, jazz, jump blues, gospel, country music, and rhythm blues. And in early rock and roll, the piano or the saxophone was the, was the lead instrument, but by the late 1950s, they had been replaced by the guitar. Rock and roll is identified as a dance rhythm, with the snare drum providing the accentuated backbeat. Meaning, you know, it's got... it's in the back, but it's used to keep tempo. Rock and roll had, had a contribution... Contributed, contributed to society far beyond the music. It influenced attitudes, fashion, lifestyle, and language. It even contribu contributed to the civil rights movement, as both white African and African American teenagers shared an enjoyment for the music. Since the 1960s, it has spawned several other genres, including the rock music of today. These genres no longer identify with the same accentuated backbeat, but have similar sets of instruments, including guitars, bass, and drums. So, where do they like? Where do they come from? Well, rock and roll's origins are point of contention in historians. The general agreement is that it began in the southern regions of the United States, where most popular rock and roll performers began. It was produced by meeting of influences like traditional Af uh, African music, European instrumentation, because you know, as I said, they rock and roll was based off of that kind of thing, and. Well, how? How could it be like that? You know, how could one popular genre of music relate to something completely different? Well, many descendants... Well, we're gonna talk... Let's talk about, you know, African roots of how it led up to that. You know, like, many descendants of former slaves moved to major urban areas during this time and brought the music with them. Large numbers of black people were living closer together than at any other time in history and they began to imitate fashion and hear each other's music. A cultural collision burgeoned as whites began to take up black music, like jazz and swing. While rock and roll's immediate roots are in rhythm and blues and country, influences were widespread. Jazz and swing from the 1930s were some of the first music forms that presented African-American styles to white audiences. In the 1940s, the sound of blurring horns, boogie-woogie beats, as it's called, and shouted, shout, shouted lyrics burgeoned. And now, let's talk about how, you know, technology influenced it. 
you know, because like I said, it originally just had a backbeat and guitar, but also had saxophone and stuff like that. Well, how could the other instruments go into it? You know, they didn't just appear one day. Someone didn't just go, you know, hey, let's just add a drum to this. But some people didn't even know what a drum was. So, you know, after the effects uh, of World War II made large jazz bands less economical because of shortage in fuel, personnel, and audiences, bands were downsized to include a guitar, bass, and drums, or a similar combination. Simultaneously, in the Midwest and on the West Coast, the jump blues emerged, featuring guitar riffs, shattered lyrics, and prominent beats. The merit of these ideas created the foundation of rock and roll. As it would happen, rock and roll showed up during uh, a time of great technological change with the electric guitar, with its amplifier, microphones, and the 45 records. Changes in the recording industry were happening with independent labels emerging. Rock and roll was getting airtime on the radio stations, regardless of the artist's ethnicity. When the affluent white teenagers began listening, it defined a distinct genre of its own. So, you know, I think it's pretty cool how, how it, you know, rock genre, we all thought it was just its own thing, but now we learn that it's based off of African roots, you know. Now we know that it's tech, tech, technology has a base on it. It was after World War II. It was 1940s, 1950s, you know. And now we're going to talk about one, a couple genres. Let's go with indie rock, alternate rock, and uh, acid rock. So first, um, let's talk about alternate rock. Alternative rock also called alternative music or simply alternative alternate is a genre of rock music that emerged in the 1980s so about two years after rock came and became wildly popular in the 1990s the name alternative alternative was coined in the night coined or made in the 1980s to describe punk rock inspired bands on independent record labels that didn't fit into the mainstream genres of the time and as a specific genre of music, alternative rock consists of various subgenres that have emerged from the indie music scene since the 1980s, uh, such as grudge, indie rock, Britpop, gothic rock, and indie pop. These genres are unified by their collective debt to the style and or ethos of punk, which laid the groundwork for alternative music in the 1970s. And though the genre is considered to be rock, some of its subgenres are influ influenced by folk music, reggae, electronic music, and jazz, among other genres. Which I'm starting to see a pattern between most rock genres being based off of folk music or country music and jazz, which I think is pretty cool. And at the time, alternative rock has been used to catch all phrase for rock music from underground ar artists in the 1980s. All music descended from punk rock, including punk itself, new wave, and post-punk, and ironically, the rock music for in general in the 1990s and 2000s. So, I think that's pretty cool. So, what I'm going to do right now is play an example. Let's do... Uh, most of you might know this band, most of you might not. Cage the Elephant. We're going to play Ain't No Rest for the Wicked by Cage the Elephant, and we'll come back and we'll continue learning about uh, alternative rock and after that we're gonna learn about indie music
the street went out the corner of my eye I saw a pretty little thing approaching me She said, I never seen a man who looks so all alone Or could you use a little company? But if you pay the right price Your evening will be nice And you can go and send me on my way I said, you're such a sweet young thing Why you do this to yourself? She looked at me and this is what she said Oh, there ain't no rest for the wicked Money don't grow on trees I got bills to pay, I got mouths to feed There ain't nothing in this world for free I know I can't slow down, I can't hold back Though you know I wish I could I know there ain't no rest for the wicked Until we close our eyes for good Not even 15 minutes later I'm still walking on the street When I saw the shadow of a man creep out of sight And then he swept up from behind He put a gun up to my head He made it clean, he wasn't looking for a fight He said, give me all you got I want your money, not your life But if you try to make a move, I won't think twice I told him you could have my cash But first you know I gotta ask What made you wanna live this kind of life? He said, there ain't no rest for the wicked Money don't grow on trees I got bills to pay, I got mouths to feed There ain't nothing in this world for free I know I can't slow down, I can't hold back Though you know I wish I could Oh no, there ain't no rest for the wicked Until we close our eyes for good Sitting in my house, the day was winding down and coming to an end. And so I turned to the TV and flipped it over to the news. And what I saw, I almost couldn't comprehend. I saw a preacher man in cuffs, he'd taken money from the church. He stuffed his bank account with righteous dollar bills. But even still, I can't say much because I know we're all the same. Oh, yes, we all seek out to satisfy those thrills. You know, there ain't no rest for the wicked. Money don't grow on trees. We got bills to pay. We got mouths to feed. There ain't nothing in this world for free. I know we can't slow down. We can't hold back. Though you know we wish we could. I know there ain't no rest for the wicked until we close our eyes for good. All right. Well, that was um, "Ain't Our Eyes for the Wicked" by Kate's the Element. So now we're going to continue learning about the term alternative rock. So the music now known as alternative rock was known by a variety of terms before alternative came into common use. College rock was used in the United States to describe the music during the 1980s due to its links to the college radio circuit and the tastes of college student. Basically meaning that college student listened to a lot of um, alternate music. Well, it was called college rock before it became alternative. In the United Kingdom, or London, or the UK, wherever, England, the term indie was preferred by 1985. The term indie had come to mean a particular genre or a group of subgenres. Rather than a simple demarcation of status, indie rock was also largely uh, synonymous with the genre in the music 
up until the genre's commercial breakthrough in the early 1990s due to the majority of the bands belonging to independent labels. By 1990, the music was ter termed alternative rock. The term alternative had originated sometime around the mid-1980s. It was an extension of the phrase new music and postmodern. For both the freshness of the music and its tendency to recontextualize the sounds of the past, which were commonly used by the music industry of the time to denote cutting-edge music. Thus, the original term, the original use of the term, was often broader than it had come to be understood. Uh, encompassing or being with punk rock, new wave, post-punk, and even pop music, along with the occasional college slash indie rock. All music found on the American commercial alternative radio station of the time, such as Long a Los Angeles KROQFM. The use of the term uh, alternative game popular exposure during 1991 with the implementation of alternative music ca categories in the Grammy Awards, the MTV Video Music Awards, as well as the success of Lollapalooza, where festival founder and James uh, Addiction frontman Perry Farrell coined the term alternative nation which i think is pretty cool now so before we go on to the next genre of rock we have to do this every time on this podcast which well i i have to do it we're gonna learn about you know the meaning behind ain't no rest for the wicked so let's look at the first verse but before we look at the first verse let's take the um actual lyric uh, or the uh, name of the song meaning well no rest for the wicked has literal meaning that the wicked shall be tormented in hell and the phrase was originally expressed as no peace for the wicked and refers to the internal torment of hell that awaited sinners not surprisingly that it derives from the bible of isaiah 57 the expression was first printed in english in miles carverdale's bible 1535 which states but the wicked are like the Regine Sea, that cannot rest, whose water formeth with the mire and growl. So, he says, wicked have no peace, saith my God. So, that's basically what it actually means. So now, we're going to take a look what the song means. Instead of just looking for the actual, you know, um, in between each lyrics, because each of them are all similar, you know, so now we're gonna you know i'm gonna talk about what it actually means so the song is about struggle everyone is interpreting this word for word when it is much deeper than that it is about people trying to just get by and doing things that are not that they are not to be proud of everyone in the song is made to sound like there's some good in there they're just trying to take care of their own i want your money not your life any heartless thug would just shoot him and the part about the preacher was indeed to show that even some of the best of us are head down this road. Wicked isn't to say that these people are bad people. It's more or less dirty deeds. And once you get caught up in these wicked things, it's hard to stop whether it be stealing, prostitution, or dealing drugs and any other hustle. It's hard to stop because it, it's more money than working any 9 to 5. That's why these people can't slow down or hold back, like I say, even though... I wish I could. If you ever done any kind of hustle, you understand that going from cold, hard, ca tax-free cash back to a 9-to-5 is hard. Most people just start hustling and never stop. 
that's basically what it means, you know. That's what the entire thing is about. So, now we're gonna go on to another genre of rock. I was gonna do indie music, but, you know, I think blues rock would be a pretty good thing. And next we'll do... We're gonna do heavy metal. Heavy metal is a genre of rock. It's not its own genre, it's a subgenre. So I think it's pretty cool. So now we're gonna learn about blues rock. Okay, so blues rock is a fusion genre, combining elements of blues and rock, as it states in the name. It is mostly an electric ensemble style music with instrumentation similar to electric blues and rock, electric guitar, electric bass guitar, and drums, sometimes with keyboards and harmonica. And, you know, it's, harmonica isn't really played nowadays, but it's pretty cool to hear it sometimes in blues rock. From its beginnings to the early mid-1960s, blues rock had gone through some several stylistic shifts. And along the way, it inspired and influenced hard rock, southern rock, and early heavy metal. Really? Uh, man, I'm reading off a script here and I forgot that I put this in. <laughs> you know, I just had to do some research, but man forgot about that blues rock something so calm led to heavy metal dang all right let's continue blues rock continues to be an influence in the 2020s with performance and recordings by popular artists such as elvis presley which we're in a little bit after i um finish with this we're gonna play elvis presley's song can't help falling in love you know the king of rock and roll all right now Let's continue. <clears throat> blues rock started with rock musicians in the UK and the US performing American blues songs. They were um, they were typically were recreated electric Chicago blues songs, such as those by Muddy Waters, Jimmy Reed, Alan Wolf, and Albert King, at faster tempos and with a more aggressive sound common to rock. In the UK, the style is popularized by groups like the Rolling Stone, Yardbirds, and the Animals, who, who play several blues songs into the pop charts. In the US, Lonnie Mack and Paul Butterfield Blues Band and Canned Heat were among the earliest exponents, and later attempted to play long, involved improvisations which were commonplace on jazz records. John Mile and the Blues Breakers and Peter Green's Flatwood, Fleetwood Mac also developed this more instrumental. But traditional bass style in the UK, while 18, late 1960s and early 1970s groups, including 10 years after Savoy Brown, Climax Blues Band, and Fog Hat, became more hard rock oriented. In the US, John New Winter, the Allman Brothers Band, and the ZZ Top represented a hard rock trend. You know. Along with hard rock, blues rock songs became the core of the music played on album-oriented rock radio, and later the classic rock format burst in the 1980s. Although around this time the differences between blues rock and hard rock lessened, there, were, uh, there was also a return to more traditional blues styles in the 1980s, when the fabulous Thunderbirds and Stevie Ray Vaughan recorded their best-known works in the 1990s, saw guitarist Gary Moore, Jeff Healy, and Kenny Wayne Shepherd became popular concert attractions. Groups such as John Spencer's Blues Expo Explosion and the White Stripes brought an edgier, more diverse style in the 2000s, while the Black Keys returned to basics. So yeah, that's basically what blues rock is, you know. So, now I'm gonna play song of uh 
Elvis Presley, which is uh, Can't Help Falling in Love. And then after that, we're going to do a deep analysis. That was uh, Can't Help Falling in Love by Elvis Presley. Such a great song. And so now we're going to do a deep lyric analysis. So Can't Help Falling in Love will forever be marked as one of the greatest romantic songs of the history. The king of rock and roll Elvis Presley is seen out of his usual elements in performing this lullaby of a song that sweeps anyone off their feet. Evidently enough, this song is one of the most popular wedding songs to date. Can't Help Falling in Love was released by as a song for Elvis Presley's movie Blue Hawaii in 1961. 
Rolling Stone magazine ranked this song ranked the song as the fifth best song by Elvis Presley, falling behind Suspicious Mind, If I Can Dream, In the Ghetto, and Jailhouse Rock. Rolling Stone also inducted the classic song in their 500 Greatest Songs of All Time list at f- number 403. According to the same website, it took Elvis 29 takes to derive this masterpiece we hear today. The song peaked at number one on song charts of many countries around the world, including the USA, the UK, Canada, and Australian, Australia, Sweden, New Zealand, France, and Spain. The song speaks about the singer's feeling toward a girl for whom he is falling in love uncontrollably. Elvis sings that they are meant to be for each other, and hence his hand, and ride with them to the forever sunsets. The music video for the song is an extract from the movie Blue Hawaii for which the song was written. The entire soundtrack for Blue Hawaii is a production by Elvis Presley, who also plays the lead role, Chadwick Gates. In the music video, however, Elvis sings the song not to his girlfriend, but to her grandmother. While the girlfriend watches them closely by, the melody for the song is from another romantic French song, Plaisir d'Amour, by Jean-Paul Edig Martini, in 1784. Can't Have Falling in Love was also the last song Elvis played live in 1977 during a concert in Indianapolis. So we're going to do the first verse analysis on, on that. So most of those who have been in and out of love say don't rush into love like a fool. But Elvis feels that this as if he has no choice in the situation. Wise men could be people older than Elvis, uh, those who have experienced love, those who have failed at love, or just philosophers on relationship. Whoever they are, their suggestion is to tread carefully when it comes to love, for love is a walk on a sharp knife. Elvis questions the girl if it would be a sin to love her and if it is okay to be with her. There could be a sexual innuendo there, hidden lyrics, stemming from the Catholic view of premarital sex before considered as a sin. Elvis Presley is absolutely swept away by this girl. He cannot help himself that he's falling in love with this girl, and he thinks that it's not such a foolish move to rush into something he's so sure of. In Elvis's eyes, we're gonna learn. Alright, this is the chorus. Well, I'm I'm not reading the chorus, but this is um, this is analysis on the chorus. In Elvis's eyes, this girl and himself are meant to be together. He's as sure of it as all sources of water end up in the ocean in the end. Just as the destiny of droplet of water starting at the top of the Himalayan mountain range is flow to the ocean, he is as certain that she is meant to be with him, serenading at his best. So this is the second verse. Elvis wants to marry this girl, because why not? His gut feeling is telling him that he, they will end up together anyway. With that, he is willing to commit all of himself to her, too. In the first verse of the song, where Elvis says he is falling for her, toward the end of the song, Elvis has already made up his mind about spending the rest of his life with her. Things certainly seem fast-paced, but he is sure that if, if he's, she is willing, what more is there to wait for? Can't help falling in love with forever be considered one of the sweetest love songs ever written and sung. Elvis's deep vocals add the necessary weight to this love anthem, and we can feel that he's not messing around with her. Let us hear, you know, how about this? You leave a um, comment on this podcast, if you can, and tell me what you think that the true deep meaning of this song, which would be a cool thing, a new thing. But I think, you know what, Heavy Metal should get its own entire episode podcast. Because I think it's gone long. This episode's gone on long enough. So, for now, this has been History of Music or Tales of Music by Sledge Gates. And I'll see you tomorrow or the next time where we talk about 
heavy metal.